Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of PLP Talks, where we have interesting conversations with interesting people in the bike industry. I'm your host, Russ Roca. And if you're new to the series, this is actually the podcast version of our YouTube interview series. So if you like moving pictures with your word sounds, be sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. This podcast and the video series is supported by listeners like you. So if you want more interviews like this, be sure to check out how to support this podcast in the show notes. So in today's episode, we talk to one of our favorite people in the bike industry, and that's Martina Brimmer of Swift Industries. Swift Industries recently turned 10 years old, which is a huge accomplishment for a small business in the bike industry that's making their products in the United States. We talk about how she started, at what point she decided to turn it into a business, and kind of the ups and downs of running a small business. It's another great episode, definitely one of our favorites. So sit back and enjoy, or hop on the bike trainer, or go out for a run, or push that mouse around with purpose, and enjoy the show. Martina, for joining us. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I actually can't believe that I've joined that lineup of amazing guests. Yeah. Uh, you've <laughs> off so many people that I hold in super high regard. So yeah. it's really flattering. Thanks. Cool. So you, got, you guys are turning 10. That is amazing. First of all, I want to congratulate you. And Laura wanted to be here on this interview as well. Uh, so congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It feels like a huge achievement. Right. And... You know, ever since you asked me to do this interview, I've been actually feeling pretty sentimental yeah. <laughs> about our 10 year. I mean, it's sentimental in general. It's a pretty emotional mi- milestone for me. Yeah. Um, but also just like thinking back, you guys approached us probably eight years ago to yeah. do our very first interview with you guys. Yeah. Um, and since then... We've done so much from like riding and photography and fly fishing together. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys have seen, you're like (laughs) really um, kind of like the, you've witnessed the inner workings and the evolution of our company in a pretty amazing way. So I'm really excited about this interview. Yeah. Yeah. So literally like when we uh, first met you guys, it was like eight years ago. Um, You were still working out of your living room and we know this because we stayed in that living room. So going back a little bit, talking about the history of Swift, like at what point uh, were you able to go full time? Like what was the factors involved that you said, okay, now is the time to to go all in? Because I think at that time you were still teaching, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I can kind of paint a picture. We were working out of an amazing um, kind of arts focused studio at the time, mm-hmm. um, or a building with that was home to welders and, um, woodworkers and machinists. And we had Swift there and it was, uh, growing quite a bit. We had two part-time employees and I was still, um, I believe not even getting paid by Swift <laughs> and, um, working a really awesome job as a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, which was part-time and um, p- pretty like the, that educational community was like really respectful that I also ran a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fit was amazing. But um, I just noticed like my time teaching, I would just 
I started to kind of resent it because Mm -hmm. it felt just like it was time away from pursuing the things I wanted to accomplish at Swift. And the demand just like, we just had so many orders. (laughs) And and it's, it was still a really scary step. Um, even though it was, it truly was like the right thing to do at that point. So that was probably about, uh, five years ago. Okay. Um, and, and that's when I came on, um, full time at Swift Industries as essentially the third employee. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So I watched uh, that uh, that video that we did early on, and uh, it's such a time capsule, um, you know, because it was there were lots of big questions. You know, you talked about how important it was to run a business uh, without any debt. Uh, you know, considering how it would be like to, um, you know, have employees and what that means. Uh, so looking back at that video, have you basically fulfilled what you you kind of set out initially? Uh, (laughs) mostly (laughs) well I would say like the picture has changed a lot and um and I feel really comfortable with that so that feels really awesome right so um our financial structure and model has changed a little bit Mm -hmm. um though I think like in terms of conventional business we still um I think like the, the key at this point, we do carry some debt now, right. um, which feels mostly manageable. I think that because I was like, I grew up in a really debt averse household, which I'm really grateful for. <laughs> um, it's also meant that like coming into the world of growing business without debt, um, I'm like starting to understand where debt can be a tool for me. But I still have quite a bit of discomfort around it. So right. that's kind of always going to be a process that I'm working through personally. Right. But what I still feel like, um, feel well, what, is, what still feels awesome to me is that our growth is still really organic and by demand. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and it has to be. We're still so small. Right. Um, but it's it's just to say that like we choose to grow when we feel like um i don't know our customers our customer base is growing and the demand is growing rather than growing for the sake of growth in and of itself if that makes any sense yeah 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 totally (laughs) how do you think the or how is the uh bike bag uh indie bike bag landscape has changed since like when you guys started to now, are there more people, less people? Yeah, such a good question. Um, I think that uh, there are different people. Um, we saw, of course, the explosion of bikepacking uh, style bags come on. And um, so that's a really, really rich part of the independent makers community mm-hmm. at this point. Um and not one that we actually feel terribly connected to. We love that it's happening and mm-hmm. are so excited to watch um, small-scale makers honing their craft. Mm-hmm. Um, but we feel that we reside in a slightly different place. Um, there's a lot of crossover, I guess. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> um, so there's that. And we definitely are um, 
seeing more small makers coming on with randonneur bags and basket bags and stuff like that. So there's a little bit more in like what has, what have been like kind of our areas of interest in design. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's been also really, really cool to watch some of the companies that started off in their living rooms also grow similarly to Swift. Right. And um, just just to know that like we're we're all like it's visible that we're all like working so hard to make better and better products. Right. And that's super exciting. It feels like, you know, a lot of us start these businesses when we're young and optimistic <laughs> and um and don't have a whole lot of like um a whole lot of experience under our belts because we're fresh. Right. Um, and, and I would say that I've, it's just been really, really cool to watch (laughs) so many of the businesses, uh, mature. Right. Um, and that feels appropriate and exciting and, um, makes, I think just makes the products so much stronger and that's awesome. How do you think, uh, yeah, no, yeah. He's on, he's, he's, you know, switch security. Right. (laughs) Loki agrees. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how do you think your uh, approach to uh, Swift as a business has changed over time like where where have the refinements come in you know like you were saying like what usually when a a, a maker starts they're full of enthusiasm maybe they say yes to all the things but you know they don't quite have uh, you know the foresight yet to really like focus like what are some of like the optimizations that, that, that you've seen happen over time yeah I mean, I would say that there are things in in kind of different categories. Mm-hmm. So the first would be product development and design. Um, I think that we are getting better and better at making our products, and um, that is shown in like the materials that we use, as well as the skills, like daily sewing skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I like. No joke, I'm so proud of the quality that we deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at sewing sewn goods from like off the shelves at REI all the way through <laughs> Filson and other small companies that we admire. And um, our bags are truly on point with all of those companies and sometimes even better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we know that our product is expensive um, and it's expensive because of our scale and where we make our product and, and how. Mm-hmm. Um, so we understand that it, you know, it's not, nobody's getting rich <laughs> off of this company. Right. You know, it's not uh, just frivolous expenses, but our loyalty to our customer means that we feel so much commitment to deliver, to deliver on those prices. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that we're just like really driven to do so. So the quality of our products has changed a lot over the last 10 years, which we're really proud of. Right. Um, so there's that. And then um, I would say that now I identify as a business owner. Right. And I really see Swift as um, a long-term business. It's been 10 years, and we are so hopeful and excited that we've got 
at least 10 more years under our belt right. or to, to come <laughs> yeah. rather. Um, and, and then that actually changes the equation quite a bit for us. And this is where I really do start to sound like a lady in my <laughs> mid thirties. <laughs> but, you know, I wasn't thinking about what it means to have retirement on, um, this project when I started it at the ripe young age of 24, 25. Right. right. Um, so I think that now I'm starting to really think about how Swift is going to take care of us mm-hmm. um, a little bit less just like um, thinking, I don't know, we've, we have put so much of our lives into this company mm-hmm. and um, have committed like wholeheartedly to what we do. Um, and I would love to get swift to a place that it kind of reciprocates a little bit more. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Those those are the the changes and um and and I think just in general like what comes with that is just um kind of having a yeah, having a sense for the long term changes the way that we design, the way that we speak about our businesses also like how how we work from day to day um Mm -hmm. it's been an awesome and very welcome evolution yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) if you could take the uh the wayback machine and give your uh younger self some advice from (laughs) from this perspective now like what would be like two or three things you would tell your younger self Um, that you're a badass <laughs> and <laughs> kudos for starting and you have no idea how hard it's going to get. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would tell my younger self, um, to do a little bit more financial planning. Um, I'm as a creative, I don't think that, um, finances are like my strong suit. And, um, if I had just like, I, I wish I had stepped into this, like, kind of like more earnest business owner role a little bit earlier, Right. but it is what it is. It's, you know, it's coming at, it's come at the right times too, for me. And so I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But not, not too many regrets. I'm really, really proud of the pace that we've grown our business at mm-hmm. um, and whom we've surrounded ourselves with. And man, like our customer community is just, it's amazing. Right. I'm, <laughs> I like, I cannot believe the, um, the kindness and excitement and investment that comes out of our cu- customer community and out of like the, um, randonneur and cycling and commuting Mm -hmm. communities that we interact with and the folks who show up for our events Mm -hmm. um like i want to hang with them i really (laughs) you know i I feel really connected um and i i think that's those are three pretty awesome things to have in a small business yeah yeah, I, I know very few people that own a Swift product and they're like, oh, it's a Swift. Most most of the people I know that have your products are like super passionate and stoked about having your bags. Um, why, why do you think that is? Do you have any 
expensive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really hard. I mean, I would almost turn that to you. Like, I feel like um, it's so hard when you're like right here with your business. Right. And it's like so close <laughs> to gain that kind of perspective. I guess there are things that I hope are the reason. <laughs> um, I hope that they that our customers see the quality. I hope that they see our like, I don't know, excitement and like investment in the community and, and also seeing like changes in the community. Um, and I hope that people like really identify with how we run our business and that we're like making our products in house and designing in house and designing for ourselves. And then, um, essentially that like kind of reaches to, our customer community. Right. I don't know. What would you say? <laughs> uh, well, for me, there's always been like a good sense, sense of uh, uh, authenticity. I know that word gets like kind of bandied around a little bit too much sometimes, but uh, I feel like you guys are honestly like an authentic brand that you're not necessarily like chasing a trend, but when you introduce something or an idea or a project, it's because, you know, you yourselves uh, love it, do it, uh, believe in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome to hear that because <laughs> all of those things are super real at Swift. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. Like we have the incredible, uh, fortune of having even like a sewing staff that is pretty much everybody is riding, commuting by bike. We have one person who isn't and, um, like to be able to say that about a seven person crew is pretty kick-ass. And it, it really does mean that like we know our products, we use our products down to, you know, the person doing shipping all the way to the person making every single custom bag. So it's, it's awesome. Right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the, the ways that you guys, uh, uh, grow the community, you do stuff like, uh, Stoke Spoke uh, Swift Campout, uh, which has been like an amazing success. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like where the idea came from and how it's metamorphosized over time? <laughs> yeah. Like mo most of our, uh, community ideas come out of, I mean, Jason and I are just like super social folks and we yeah. love, um, we love organizing, uh, the community. Um, and most of the ideas come when we're like, having long days in the saddle. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but maybe we can start with Swift Campout. Yeah. Um, it really was just like a moment of being like, man, like how many people could we get to go bike camping if we rallied? Like mm -hmm. it, it started, this is going to be our fourth year. Um, and I think the idea hatched maybe six or seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, we were just like, man, like we can't build that platform. That's crazy. <laughs> like we can barely, we're running our site off of a blog. Like right. <laughs> that's nuts. Um, and then over time, other, you know, other community events that we've, um, held over the years just kind of like gave us the confidence to give it a shot. And, and it was just kind of an itch that we couldn't right. help but scratch. Um, but you know, we go bike camping a lot with our customers here in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Um, and more and more people were showing up for that. And we were just like, man, like 
I think that people would love an excuse to go right. on an overnight trip. Um, so it's been really amazing to watch it grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the things that I'm most excited about, about Swift Camp Out, um, is that uh, this year especially, this last year, we really saw c- communities take it as their own. Right. And that's exactly what we want. Um, we knew it was happening when people started changing the logo. And we, I don't know, man, that just felt <laughs> so, that felt so awesome. So right. if you like check out our Instagram feed or if you check out the hashtag Swift Camp Out, right. you'll see kind of immediately that like, um, I think the folks in Tampa put an alligator instead of our iconic fox. Right. Um, and then there was, um, I don't know, it was folks in Australia swapped it out. And it that's amazing. Like cool. it, it is here for you guys yeah. um, to enjoy. And um, just to kind of highlight that, like wherever we are, we get really such similar satisfaction and joy and fulfillment out of getting out of town. And then you start to feel like a real global community. It feels amazing. Right. So. What do you think about Swift Camp Out has, has attracted people to it? Well, maybe it is like that sense of community. We hope mm-hmm. so. Um, I mean, I always feel like I want to feel like I'm a part of something bigger right. and that's exciting for me, um, especially when like there are so many like kind of fundamental aspects of those communities that really resonate. Um, we would, we love to think, we hope that like the folks going out and who are attracted to bike camping are like, you know, um, really excited about alternative transfer transportation are envi- environmentally minded, right. like want seek adventure and, um, want, you know, environmental conservation to be part of that equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just kind of an ode to the, to those tenets. <laughs> right. Um, and hopefully that's part of what attracts folks. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that like, I really appreciate, you know, again, back to that word authentic. Um, I mean, it just sound, it, it, it feels like a real, uh, community driven event. You know, it's not like just to sell bags, you know, oh, it's yeah, like, totally. it, yeah, like that, you know, that might be, in some way, like, you know, corollary benefit for the business, but at, at no point does it feel like, you know, you, you, you have to own a Swift bag to do this or be part of like that club or whatever, but it's very like open and accepting and yeah. Yeah, totally. We really don't care what you're riding with. Yeah. <laughs> go bike camping. It's, you know, it's like the passion that drives us. It doesn't matter what gear you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about like uh, your product development process. Someone had asked like, what's the timeline from like, oh, this is a good idea to it actually making the storefront. Do you have yeah. a, like, a, is there a window or just kind of? It varies so much from product to product. We've been working on one product that we're hopefully launching in 2018 <laughs> for our 10 year anniversary, um, basically for a year and a half. Oh, wow. Um, and it's getting very close. Um, and then other products come to the table within two months. 
And um, sometimes that has to do just with the complexity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times, mostly it has to do with how much is on our plates um, in like running the business and um, ten- attending to other things aside from design. I wish that um, way more time was committed to design and development. There's so much that I want to learn about textiles and textile innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that as a small business, we're limited to certain equipment. Um, and that can feel kind of frustrating, but I think it also opens up to a lot of creative thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that I had more time to commit to kind of the puzzling around both the designs and how to make them. Right. Um, but but yeah, so ultimately there's no rubric for <laughs> the timing of, of design. Yeah. Um, we do know that like we don't, we don't rush a product to market. We like, we feel really committed to our customers that to wait until something's ready. Right. Uh, so, what's um, like your personal favorite product that you guys make? <laughs> I know they're all it's your like, babies, it's like, but it's like <laughs> having favorite students or yeah. something. Or I don't know. It feels a little weird. Um. I mean, I I think the sugar loaf is yeah. such a rad tag. Yeah. Um, I just think that it kind of sums up a whole lot of what happens at Swift. Um, aesthetically, it feels really on point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we did such an amazing job with the shape and functionality of that bag. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I take pleasure using it every day. Um, <laughs> And, and I think that that means that we did something really, really good. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's been one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it just felt like um, there were awesome bags already on the market, um, but we saw some things that we felt we needed to change to make the, like, attachment better than we were seeing or attachment and access at the same time better than what we saw on the market at the time. Um, and I think we addressed those things really, really nicely mm-hmm. and produced a bag that looks so quintessentially like a Swift Industries bag. Right. So <laughs> that was a super fun project. <laughs> I know one of the other, yeah, I, I opened up the, the floor for people to ask questions and a lot of people lamented the uh, disappearance of wax canvas. Um, uh-huh. What was the, 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 deci- the decision-making process to drop that as like a material? Yeah, such good questions. So um, number one, we were having a lot of challenges um, with our supplier. It wasn't always ready for us. Um, and that was a, a little bit, um, that wasn't so good for my heart rate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we're a small buyer, so we don't carry a whole lot of purchasing power. Um, so, so at the time it was a sourcing challenge. Um, we were also really aware that, um, the wax canvas was actually what was coming back with the most need for warranty. Interesting. Um, 
And I think in talking and with more bag makers and uh, more textile innovators over the last years, I think that there's a couple of reasons and a couple of ways that we can mitigate that. But wear points, stress points were wearing out a lot, a lot faster than with synthetics. Right. Um, and at some point we were just like, for one, super disappointed if every time a warranty comes back, we, we take it really to heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't want our customers to be bummed out that their bag is deteriorating or, or wearing prematurely. Um, and, and so we, we made a decision at some point when we're just like, man, like it doesn't feel, um, it doesn't feel awesome to send these bags out knowing that they're just not up to the same caliber as uh, the synthetics that we're sending out. Mm-hmm. So those were some of the reasons, but I'm actually really hopeful um, that we can bring wax canvas back into the mix. But we've also been working with the X-Pack canvas mm-hmm. now for the first time. And while that's not a waxed canvas and it, it doesn't have the same hand feel or necessarily look to it. Um, I'm actually really excited, um, that we have found and started to work with that material because it feels very innovative and it feels like the characteristics that were shortcomings for us with the wax canvas Mm -hmm. have really been rethought with the, the X-Pack canvas. Interesting. So um, I think you guys are going to see a lot more coming out from us um, because we know that like um, we know that our customer community really like leans aesthetically toward <laughs> um, the the traditional look right. of the canvas. Right. Um, so we do want to bring that back to the table. Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Any plans to to go into frame bags, bike packing style bags, or is that just you identify that as not um, necessarily where you want to go with the, the business? Yeah, s- super good questions. Um, I think that we're like pretty, we're opening up to the idea of getting a, like into kind of the frame bag side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see that where that takes us. We're not sure quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of kind of like the, um, the s- streamlined seat bags and stuff like that, Um, we see companies and individuals doing that so beautifully and so well. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of just like another, I don't know, we've got other projects. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like at least from the outside, like, um, you know, a good area of growth would be to, uh, go towards more like general outdoor kind of stuff rather than like such a specific niche. Nailed it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, we are so excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jason and I, and everybody else at Swift, like, we run, we fish, we mm-hmm. hike a ton, um, and and we we feel really, really delightfully positioned as a company to start dabbling and playing with kind of more generalized out, outdoor stuff. Right. So um, we've got some projects in the works for this next year that feel really exciting. Cool. 
You guys have a great name for it. You haven't pinched your hold yourself into like rendering bike or bags ink or something. No, totally. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I actually hadn't ever thought of that. That's you know, but, pointed that but out. Swift works, you know, for like trail running, you know, fast packing, you know, all those totally. things. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, what do you think you're you're most proud of um, in terms of the comp- accomplishments with the with the company over the last ten years? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm most astounded that we started with a sewing machine in a basement of a punk house. And now we run a like really professional, small scale production uh, studio. I, I like, I really can't believe what we've built um, so that, that is pretty awesome. I actually think that the thing I'm most proud of is the culture that we have around our company. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just think that like, again, the people that have been drawn to Swift and to our events, are just like such good folks. And, um, as a, visible lady entrepreneur in this not very female focused (laughs) (laughs) uh, industry. Um, I'm also really, really proud to um, be inspiring other ladies to get out there. Mm -hmm. I think that like when we see ourselves more um, in the industries that we're approaching, as in like seeing more women involved in something, it becomes a lot more approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we've just, I'm just really proud that we've managed to stay a really, really welcoming company and hope that we've inspired a lot of folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing what you were in a, a QuickBooks commercial. I was. Yeah. Really? <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, they down me. That was wild. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so you're a bit of like a, a spread spread uh, sheet nerd, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like honing that skill. Yeah. <laughs> if I can think of it as a design problem, then I can ju- jump into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the, um, does the business end of things excite you as much as like the creative end? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, I'm pretty, I'm actually really excited how, um, inclined I am to the business development side of Mm -hmm. this endeavor. Um, I just wish that it took less of my time so that there were more time (laughs) to do the creative stuff. Um, but I think, um, there, there was kind of like this latent aptitude towards, the strategic planning that I just didn't know until we started to like really, um, commit to scaling our business and, and growing it. And with that came like a need for more planning and I love it. It is actually (laughs) similar to like the puzzling that comes with design. Um, so it, it is pretty intriguing. I just, again, wish I had more <laughs> hours in the day to spend at sewing at the sewing machine and exploring fabrics and shapes. Right. Yeah. So looking at the um, kind of like the landscape of the bike industry and especially all the independent makers, if you were to start 
Swift now, do you think you'd be as successful or is it would be more challenging or would you still kind of just figure it out as, as you did 10 years ago? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a really tough one, Russ. Um, I think we would be as successful and I think we would do things differently to position ourselves for that success. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, like one of the things that is so unique to us is that we didn't start with any money. Um, and I don't know that I would necessarily like it's, I, I would start with a much better financial plan, like, <laughs> like the theme for today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do think like, um, I actually got to take, I was invited to do this amazing entrepreneurs program this last year. So I was in school while I was running Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like really the first time that I was in the room with 170 other business owners and really like exercising, flexing my muscles with strategic planning. Right. Um, and it really is just such an amazing tool. Um, so kind of wish I had gone there a little bit. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about like your trip to Japan and then we'll jump into it. We'll just start wrapping it up. <laughs> So, awesome. so you recently went to uh, Japan. How'd that trip come about and what did you guys do while you were there? <laughs> oh my God, that trip blew my mind. <laughs> I, like, wow, I'm still kind of just like in dreamland from that, that trip. So we work really closely with Blue Lug. Um, they're our mm-hmm. Japanese distributor and we've been working with them for about five years now. Um, and love that relationship so much. Um, and at kind of different intervals over the course of the last five years, they've been like, you know, whenever you want to come, just come. And we've always been like, I don't know, whatever. Just it been really didn't feel like the timing was right. And then this last year we were like, hey, can we take you up on your invitation? And... I had never been to Japan before. Um, we got to Jason, uh, Ilana and I got to go. Ilana is our production manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple things that were like so striking about it. I think one of the most amazing things to me was being in, um, so we, we basically got to go and do pop-up shops in a couple of different stores on the island. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that where, like, our scale and our approach um, here in the U.S., that being, like, making things individually and um, in-house, that that to me kind of rose out of something fairly counterculture in the U.S. And... I, I had the impression that in Japan, it's not counterculture. Right. Um, I, I think like, you know, everybody kept all, a lot of people describe, uh, Japan as like the place where like tradition and modernism really intersect. Mm -hmm. And, and that was so visible and so exciting to me. Um, it just felt like we didn't have to explain our 
product <laughs> or method. Right. Um, and, and that felt, we felt really at home in that way in Japan. Um, and then we got to go and ride on Mount Fuji and do, <laughs> um, an overnight and it, I don't know, man, it was, just, <laughs> it was so mind blowing and so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and riding with the folks from Blue Lug was so super fun. <laughs> <laughs> so just wild to open up, you know, the doors to our tarp um, in the morning with like this astounding view of that mountain. Right. <laughs> um, in a lot of ways, I can't, I can't believe that our company and our work um, has opened up those kinds of opportunities. I feel so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still remember the moment like when that tipping point, when, um, you know, it would be such a rare event to see one of your bags in, in the wild to when, you know, you saw like two or three of them pass you on the Burke Gilman. Yeah. I think that it's happened like fairly gradually and, um, I'm still kind of bewildered and astounded by it. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it was, um, it, it came hand in hand with that time when I quit my teaching job and, um, there was just like a really amazing growth spurt at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we started to really see our bags, especially in Seattle kind of, cropping up in awesome places and <laughs> waving to folks on the Burke. I think actually the more bewildering point was when we would see bags out and we would not know the owners. Right. right? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that's Mike's bag or that's Jenny's bag or whatever, you know, that then we were like, wait, who's that? Right. <laughs> oh, you know, like then we started, there were enough people buying our stuff that we didn't have a kind of a personal connection to everybody. Right. That was the more bewildering yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we were kind of uh, early adopters of uh, Swift stuff, and people would ask who would make the who made the bags, and we have to constantly explain. And there was a certain point when people were like, "Oh, it's Swift bag." You know, there wasn't like no explain no explanation necessary. You know, pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. So you've uh, you're you're uh, coming up to ten. Uh, what, um, where do you see Swift going in the future, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I think we've nailed a lot of those questions in the interview, but in summary, um, we're really excited to continue slowly and steadily building this ship for the long haul. <laughs> um, and, and it feels exciting to like have that forethought and that kind of that resolution. Um, and uh, I think you'll see like a little bit more diversity in our products coming out mm -hmm. um, in the next little while here. Um, and still just like really um, working to hone design and materials and development stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we have, we've come so far and we're like really excited about how far we still get to go with, exactly like I don't know those things those quality those quality things um we you know uh, when we were a smaller company 
we were, well, we're always limited by scale, but every step that we grow a little bit more, it opens up um, more exposure and more possibility to just get better and better at what we're doing. Cool. Sweet. Along that note, uh, thank you, Martina, so much for uh, being on PLP Talks. And uh, if you guys like videos like this, don't forget to subscribe, hit that like button, uh, share this video. And if you guys have suggestions for future guests, leave those in the comments below. And thank you again, Martina, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks (laughs) Russ for hosting. It's an awesome opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So excited. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk soon. Okay. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. I want to thank Martina Brimmer once again for being a guest on PLP Talks. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe. These episodes will then magically appear on your listening device of choice via the power of the internet. It's amazing times, people. Talk to you next time.